Oh my gosh, guys, I'm just setting up for an interview with Kat Kimber from Nude Nutrition. I'm super excited about having her on the show today. Um, so she's coming through the door any minute. I just thought I'd say hi to you guys first. Really looking forward to bringing you another exciting guest episode on the True Growth Podcast. Welcome to the True Growth Podcast with me, Viv Allen, success coach and trusted counsellor. Each week, I'm sharing with you the best of the tools, tips and techniques I have learned in over 10 years of professional and personal development, designed to empower you to take courageous action in your business and in your life, so you can free up more time and earn more money. It is my mission to lead you towards your inevitable success on your terms, so you can live a more joy-filled life by connecting what's in your head with what's in your heart. If you're ready to live your life with more ease and fun, doing what you love with who you love, then this show is for you. Hi, hello, and today I'm so excited to have Kat with me on the show today because you are going to love what she has to say about food, dieting and all the myths. Straight up from the last guest episode when we were talking all about connections and love. This month we're going to be talking all around energy. And food, of course, is the fuel that we need to run our bodies so we can be our best self, whatever you choose to do. But often we have a complicated relationship with food. So I've invited Kat Kimber from the Nude Nutrition onto the show today to talk to you about some of the concepts she's been working with with her clients. And I just want to welcome Catherine. Hello, thank you for having me. Hi. <laughs> Is it Kat or Catherine? You can call me Kat, it's fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, great. Well, Kat is a registered non diet dietitian nutritionist. And now she's on a mission to set her clients free from dieting and confusing nutrition information. Kat helps those who want to get off the diet train for good, but they're stuck in a cycle of swinging between dieting and donut land. <laughs> I love diet that. Diet land and donut land. Diet land and donut land. <laughs> I love it. I love this bit. Breaking the rules and finding trust. Kat helps her clients to break down food rules and restrictions, find trust in their natural hunger, fullness and satisfaction and learn how to eat again from the ground up. This way, you can find freedom from food guilt and obsession and enjoy eating healthy foods that satisfy you. Oh, I love eating food. I'm a real foodie. (laughs) This is so great. I am doing this for you guys, promise listeners. But Catherine has a first-class degree in nutrition and dietetics. Dietetics, Cool. Um, From King's College London and a distinction in her Master's in Clinical Research. Also highly experienced in providing motivational support. She's trained in intuitive eating and holds a diploma in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Me too. Mm -hmm. That's such good fun. I love that. It's so an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Do you use that quite a bit with your clients? I um, was actually introduced to it about um, four or five years ago when I was working in weight management, which is very different to the work that I'm doing now. And we had like a, a five-day course. We had a lady coming in and training us, and then she kind of came in at regular intervals over the period over the period of six months or so. 
And I think definitely there are parts of it that I, I'm integrating naturally without really thinking too much about it. And I think as practitioners, we end up bringing in all these different tools and resources as we go and just continuously learning. Yeah. And yeah. so it's something I definitely still have in my toolbox. Yeah. And I love that too about continuously learning. Yeah. I mean, I am definitely one of those. I'm a lifelong learner, um, but I love it. There's always something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, before we really get started, I just want to give everyone a quick update on what's been happening over here at vivallen.com. Um, my private coaching spots are filling up fast. It was such a great start to the new year. I've really been excited to roll out my True Growth program for all my new clients, and they are loving it because they are seeing results. When my clients are feeling more fulfilled, more confident, and more joy, I am too. So it's a win-win. And Catherine and I met through our mentor, David. Say hi to David. I know he's going to be listening. (laughs) Hi, David. (laughs) Thank you for connecting us. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) We also have a shared love of the sea. We're both sailors, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And of course, as I said, I also love food. Now, I know what my listeners would like me to cover in our interview today, but what would you like to get out of the show? Hmm. I guess I would like the people that need to hear about the work that I do to hear Mm -hmm. about the work that I do. Um, A lot of people that hear about a slightly different approach to nutrition can, I guess, naturally, we we feel different emotions when we hear new information. And I know a lot of the women in particular that I work with have a huge sense of relief Mm -hmm. when they hear about the message that I have to share. Ah, fantastic. Okay, good. Well, I'd like to cover a few topics with you today. And I think that that um, that you talked about the feelings and the connections we have with food would definitely be, you know, one of those because I'd like to bring my listeners is sort of mindset, some sort of information about mindset and how that impacts on our lives and the choices that we make. And also to talk about support strategies, um, the things, some tools that we can use, you know, just right away, some of the quick wins, because like, let's take the low hanging fruit when mm-hmm. we can. And before we really get going, it's been such a beautiful day today. It looks like the winter storms have passed for now. And we're so lucky to live here in Poole, Dorset, on the beautiful southern England coast. I was just wondering, before we get talking about business Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, uh, what was one of the most beautiful places that you visited? In Poole? No, in the world. In the world? Mm. Oh, that's tricky. I've been very lucky to go to lots of lovely places Mm. in the world. I guess what feels most current is I was in on the east coast of Australia about a week and a half ago. And so fresh in my memory is Noosa, which is a town about an hour north of Brisbane. And just the clear blue water, the surf, incredible. Wow. Except the jellyfish. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, that was pretty beautiful. Yeah. So a big up for Noosa, Australia Mm. today. I had a friend from school who went and lived there, but. I don't know where she is now. (laughs) Sounds like a beautiful place. So let's just start with mindset. Can you tell me a little bit about what prompted you to start Nude Nutrition? Mm, A number of things. I guess I initially started out to be a voice of reason in the mess that's out there when it comes to nutrition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The wellness industry is completely booming and we don't have well, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of it's unregulated. Mm-hmm. Not in in the job that I do as a dietitian, we're we're very much regulated. But anyone can go and start a nutrition blog mm-hmm. and call themselves a nutritionist. And I think there's a lot yeah. of 
anger and frustration and confusion. So part of it was that, part of it was wanting to start my own business so I could be more free, sort of have more flexibility. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend has a job, which means he's away a lot. And that means I didn't get to see him much. So, mm-hmm. but I've kind of niched down my services to support those that have a problematic relationship with food mm. in the last year and a half, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Mm. so tell me a little bit about how that's made you feel you know like you've gone into it with like you said those um you'd mentioned about sort of lack of regulation and perhaps people not being um fully qualified to talk about nutrition so you clearly take that and with your master's in clinical research you obviously take that bit really seriously but then you said it was like there's quite a lot of noise out there so you've Mm. you've niched down how does that feel to you Niching down has been has helped me with clarity mm-hmm. and also it's helped me free up my time before I was creating resources for everything under the sun, nutrition related. And now I um, have, have been able to focus my attention on specific groups of people that have specific issues. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've just got a lot more clarity. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going with my business. Um, so it's felt good it was really scary initially uh-huh. and I actually went quiet for a little while and then it's just gone boom and I'm just now really busy so wow yeah that's amazing it's the impact that, that you say just really focusing in on one particular target group what was it that attracted you to that particular group you mentioned um women who are experiencing a, a complicated relationship with food is that what you said yeah because I guess it um what drove me to that? Oh, I, get a lot, I guess a lot of, not anger and frustration, but that's what's coming to my mind right now. Um, I guess I guess I wanted to share a message that I wish I had heard mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Yeah. And I know that there's another way of seeing things, another way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to help other people that were going through a similar journey to me yeah. hear those messages. Yeah. <laughs> so tell, tell us, what, what were those messages? Well, I sort of, probably from the age of 12 or 13 years old was I remember being told that I had chubby cheeks and thunder thighs and wasn't really happy with my body at the age of sort of 12 13 and as I grew older I started to do things which I didn't realize at the time were diets Mm -hmm. started sort of taking diet pills and restricting my eating Mm -hmm. and doing more exercise and I generally had a real, real interest in, in nutrition mm-hmm. and um, health. Mm. But I think a lot of it was driven by my own personal experience with trying to manipulate my body size because the messages that I were hearing from various different loved ones and people around me were, you can't be, I don't know, um, you know, you're, uh, I guess, very fat phobic mm-hmm. um, and very sort of weight focused. Um, and so... Yeah, I went to do a degree in nutrition and that was uh, very interesting and I thought I would learn the best way to eat and Mm -hmm. to be the healthiest person that I could be but also to keep my weight down and be really healthy Um, and I soon learned that nutrition is very, very black and white Mm. and um, sorry, it's not very black and white, it's very Mm. grey, it's not very black and white and did my degree, really enjoyed it, worked in the NHS and was very clinical when I first started out. I became a specialist kidney dietitian. I was working on stroke wards, neurotrauma, mm-hmm. care of the elderly, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. But I kind of still had my own thing going on with food where I was 
finding myself in this constant cycle of restricting my eating to mm-hmm. try and keep my weight down, but at mm-hmm. the same time, um, a period of time later, binge eating basically. Mm-hmm. And in this constant cycle of restriction, binge eating, and it was just completely draining. Mm-hmm. And as a nutritionist or dietitian at the time, a qualified dietitian, I felt like I felt very ashamed of it because I thought, how can I be someone? in this world that can't get it together with food Uh herself so it's this kind of shadow that constantly hung over me and I was always the healthy one Mm. in front of other people um so I'd choose the healthy options when we're eating out have the salad when I really wanted the burger and then find myself gobbling down a whole load of chocolate on the way home or when I got home and feeling really ashamed of it and it was just starting to affect everything really Mm. and I'd go through periods of it being fine and then it would kind of come back at me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I well, I started to work in um, a weight management clinic mm-hmm. and I then started to realise that that probably wasn't healthy for me. Yeah. Um, and I went to a, it was like a seminar at the Royal Society of Medicine for a day's training. And one of the seminars was on eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And I was I sort of sat in the seminar thinking, oh, my God, this is stuff that I've buried under the table for so long now. Yeah. And it all bubbled up to the surface. And I thought, I need to do something about this. And so I was on my way home from these, this seminar day, walking through Hyde Park, just calling up psychologists and psychotherapists and thinking, mm. oh, I need to go get some help about this. Yeah. And really hit rock bottom with it. And it was over a period of time after that that I came across this whole area of non-diet nutrition, intuitive Mm -hmm. eating that had never been taught to me at university because a lot of this work is done in, a lot of the research is coming out of America, Australia, Uh Canada. So it's all very new. Um, And that's when I learned really that actually there was nothing wrong with me. What was Mm -hmm. wrong was this culture that we live in that's constantly telling us that we need to be thin in order to be more successful, to be happy, and to kind of fit in, to get a boyfriend, all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh, yeah. And so, yeah, I kind of got sucked into that. And then I realised that actually not only had I um, had my own experiences with a negative relationship with food that I then moved out of, I realised that a whole host of women that I was working with mm-hmm. in, in this kind of fancy weight loss clinic in yeah. West London yeah. were experiencing many of the same issues. And it was very, very disordered. Yeah. Um, and I had to get away from it so I kind of got out of there started my own business but sort of had to I don't know give myself a little bit of headspace to just move through everything Mm -hmm. and that's when I eventually niched down and was like right and I did more training and became more specialist in this area so not only have I got the personal experience I've seen it in clinical practice um, the issues that many people face when they try to diet Um, And we also have a whole load of research to support the problems and the complexities that come with trying to manipulate Mm. our bodies to fit into a society's sort of standard of what we should be. Yeah, that's so, thank you so much. You know, you speak for the listeners, but I think you've really shared such a common theme. And even I think about the clients I work with, you know, it may not be presenting as food. Um, We had Claire Adescott from Mindful Sips on in January Mm -hmm. and she was talking about people's relationship with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it's these coping strategies that we have to to deal with life. And like you said, the pressures you were feeling at 12 and 13 to conform Mm -hmm. to a certain body image and 
not even getting the right guidance necessarily like you there you were with your degree and it's like yeah oh my goodness yeah and yeah. even though my dieting became more I guess it became more normal like it was oh well I'll just have the kind of low calorie options or mm. you know kind of count my calories but do it in a healthy way it was all very much what we're told yeah uh, and it was a it wasn't anything extreme it wasn't fatty mm. um, but I was still stuck in this awful cycle that many many yeah. many women and men are stuck in yeah and don't really know a way out yeah and and, and uh, again I certainly find it's those cycles that we get trapped in it's how do we get off and it was yeah. like you said you had to reach out for a counsellor for a, yeah. a you know, psychotherapist before you were able to get that perspective that mm. was like hang on a minute yeah no. kind of yeah That's and it was it was really just learning that the restriction was fueling everything yeah. but I didn't want to let go of the restriction because I was like mm-hmm. well if I let go of that then my weight is just going to go up and up and up until I yeah. burst. Yeah, and so it was really working through some of that stuff as well. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> that's not what happens. No. Um. Yeah. And it is that thing. I mean, you know, I was gonna. One of the questions I was gonna ask you because I'd noticed. Um. You said like after all the research, um, that proves that restriction leads to further weight gain over time, and it can mm. actually trigger more behaviors. And you know, just talk, just talk a little bit more about restriction because I. I'm a real rule breaker and actually I just can't bear it. It's one of the reasons I work for myself is because I just like the freedom to be able to create my days the way I want them and structure everything. And I put my priorities in the order I like, which is, you know, I put my self-care, you mm-hmm. know, and eating, you know, well and taking breaks to eat and looking after my family and then my clients and all that sort of stuff. So I love all that. But the feeling restricted is like oh so uncomfortable Mm. tell me more about that yeah so a few things are popping into my head um where do I begin but I guess when we look at there are sort of studies around restriction um we're usually looking at like children studies Mm -hmm. and what we see is if you had a well there are studies where they've got children in a room and in the, on the table in front of them is a number of... Told the marshmallow M&M. test. No, M&M's. Oh, M&M's. And right, they're okay. told not to have the red ones. Uh-huh. And the red ones are the same as the yellow and the blue and the green. They're the same as the yellow ones. But they, the kids that are told not to eat the red ones will go and eat more of the red ones. Mm-hmm. And the same happens not just with high sugary foods, but we also see it with like fruit as well. If you tell the kids at a buffet to not eat the fruit, they'll go eat the fruit. Mm-hmm. So just generally as humans, we're not really... We're not designed to to abide by rules mm-hmm. um, and usually it re- results in a bit of a backlash effect. So mm-hmm. for example, if we feel, if we're physically restricted from eating certain foods because of a diet or mm-hmm. some rule that we've inflicted um, and we break it, we feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, or if we we eat the food, but emotionally we feel bad about that food. So uh-huh. we tell ourselves, oh, that's bad. I shouldn't be eating it. Because like it was a restricted food. I shouldn't eat that yeah so it's like uh-huh. an emotional restriction uh-huh. but you still eat the food but you feel bad about it mm. and what can happen is when we don't give ourselves permission to eat certain foods there can be the last supper mentality mm-hmm. of well I better eat it all right now because I'm not going to be able to have access it, to it again tomorrow yeah the forbidden fruit effect which is where you tell yourself you can't have it you want to eat more oh yeah um yeah so that is something that I work on with my clients is permission around food uh-huh. But there are a number of things that we have to address before looking at what foods those individuals feel out of control around uh-huh. or addicted, feel like they're addicted to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah it's funny because the, the, 
It's so funny. I'm not a big chocolate fan, luckily. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that my, my lovely housekeeper, Nursey, thank you very much for looking after my home, <laughs> has cleaned out my cupboard and thrown away my advent calendar from 2018 mm-hmm. because the chocolates were still in there. They'd probably gone off. Mm-hmm. But if I say to myself, I'm not allowed chocolate, I will crave it. Yeah. And I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, then that story will show you. I, I'm not a chocolate fan. It's not like I would go to. Yeah. But yeah, I know I would definitely think, oh, I must have chocolate the minute I told myself I couldn't. Yeah. So one thing, I mean, some of the clients that I've worked with might not have been able to have chocolate in their house for like 20 odd years. But when we work together, what we would do is one of the things that we do is look at letting go of any moral value oh, yeah. around food. Uh-huh. So neutralizing the language that we use around food. Uh, totally removing that judgment from the food and just going in with a really curious mindset when not vulnerable, no, not hungry, not too tired, not too stressed, and just being curious about tasting Mm. the food. And what's really interesting is some of my clients have found, I know they've had issues around certain foods for a number of years, chocolate or crisps or sweets, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And when they actually go in and taste the food without judgment, they get to discover that sometimes they don't even like the food that they've been binging on wow. for a number of years wow. and so it's so much in the mind uh-huh. um and so yeah just just thinking about how you're labeling if you are struggling with your eating or struggling with certain foods are you giving yourself permission to eat them mm-hmm. are you only allowing yourself to have them once a month or on a friday night or on the weekends uh-huh and all these little rules that we can set up around food that can ulti- ultimately lead us to feeling out of control around them yeah wow that's so interesting so insightful as well it's um <laughs> biscuits chirping in there he's obviously <laughs> wants to join in on this conversation he loves food too <laughs> okay biscuit we'll come to you so um when you think about as well Kat, when you're talking about the you, know, you said so much about in the mind and the sort of emotional connections with food but when um we have this disordered eating how does this impact on our health? Uh, it impacts on so many in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So the types of clients I might work with, so they might have, quite often when you say emotional eating, mm-hmm. quite often they'll come to me and say, I'm an emotional eater, that's my problem. Mm-hmm. But there are often a number of layers beneath that that mm-hmm. need to be addressed. And so if I give you an example of a typical perhaps a typical client day Mm. uh, or someone that comes to me, maybe they've uh, wake up in the morning, have a light breakfast, Mm -hmm. have a light lunch, try and sort of be good in the day Mm -hmm. and come home from work, hit five, six Mm -hmm. o'clock and then kind of raid the fridge and feel really out of control and eat all the food and then feel like they've eaten too much. And then it kind of just becomes this vicious cycle. Uh But what might be going on behind that is that, they're ravenously hungry mm-hmm. because there's this, there's this primal drive to want to eat because when you look at what's been eaten throughout the day, it's not enough. Uh-huh. Um, and so we have to eliminate that. So that's one of the layers, yeah. actually learning to tune in and recognise natural hunger signals yeah. and learn how to respond to them. And that's a whole chunk of work. Uh-huh. Then we might look at, well, what food is it that you're turning to? Mm-hmm. And that may well be a food that's been restricted. Mm-hmm. So it might be a food that, I know, hasn't, hasn't been allowed throughout the day. Um, and so that food has become quite exciting and there's a higher drive to want to eat that food that uh, yeah. the restriction yeah. comes back in. Yeah. 
it might be because the foods that they've eaten in the day have been things like, I know, a salad or porridge or something that hasn't really hit the spot for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And therefore, these other foods later on in the day naturally become more exciting. And then you throw in emotions and you throw in tiredness and lack of preparation and no food in the house. And and it just becomes this perfect storm for what can feel like an emotional Mm -hmm. eating episode Uh, um, when there are a number number of layers to be addressed before we can say oh yeah it's definitely something else going on here I really like the way you broke that down into lots of different component parts they're so easy to follow it's Mm. like oh yeah 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 yeah. it sounds easy but this Mm. yeah it does sound easy but actually and it sounds simple but it's it sounds like it's actually not that easy Mm. until clients sort of come out the other side and they're like oh this all makes sense to me now yeah. but it can be a little bit of work and a journey to get just through. allowing that time though to, to think it through rather than sticking a label I'm an emotional eater yeah. on it and actually going well what's beneath that and yeah. I love, that's what I'm, I'm loving the way you 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 know, I quite often talk about when I'm in sessions with clients let's tease it apart imagine mm. things like you know a, a you're a bunch of ball of wool and it's all sort of knotted up and we try to tease it out so we can really work out and when you've got all the bits of string kind of all laid out it's a lot easier to follow yeah Yeah. and what's amazing as well is the client does it themselves yeah so they figure Mm -hmm. it out I just kind of sit next to them yeah um and in my head I'm I'm kind of like oh I could totally just tell you the answer right now or what I think might be going on but actually Mm -hmm. it's amazing to see their journey unfold and how sometimes it's not as you would expect it to go because everyone is so different Um, but that was just kind of a a typical example that's really good and and I mean in that I mean you're, you're obviously supporting your clients on their exploration of their relationship with food mm. and there's some of the habits and cycles that they've been in um what do you do to get support for your own mindset challenges or business challenges that you have right now how do you mm. get support for that I um have found David, our mentor, very, very helpful with Uh that. And prior to working with him, I had a business mindset coach Mm -hmm. who was brilliant. And I would love to work with her again. I've just kind of put it on the side at the moment because I found David so helpful. Mm -hmm. The other things that I have, I have clinical supervisors. So Mm -hmm. I have an amazing lady called Fiona Sutherland, who's actually based in Australia, uh-huh. who I have regular supervision sessions with to run through any difficult cases. Wow, that's so great to hear. Yeah, to keep yeah. up my learning, continuous mm. professional development. Yeah. And I would say that's my main support network. I have, I have a various sort of freelancers that help me out with different things, but mm. my boyfriend, I try not to lean on him too much. <laughs> um, and there's been times where I've dabbled in and out of therapy myself just to yeah. kind of keep myself. I think it's just a human, I, I think it's a sensible thing to do for anyone that can afford having some sort of support. Yeah, uh, yeah, here, here. And that's so funny because I, I also have clinical supervision and I'm my lovely supervisor, Zoe. Mm. Um, and oh gosh, <laughs> I know I need, I'm ready for my session every month. And mm. it's just wonderful knowing that the work I do with my clients is held. So if I am bringing in my own stuff, that's going to get taken care of and so that I can work really clear and with clarity with my clients without bringing my own stuff into the agenda. So like you say, 
I might think I know what's going on, but I don't know what's going on. The clients mm. know. They always have the answers. It's Our job is to facilitate that mm. and allow them the space mm. and that safe opportunity to really explore the sort of through some of the layers. Yeah. Mm. And actually, I realised I didn't quite answer your question earlier. I went off on one about emotional eating, <laughs> but how it influences people's lives. Mm. Food and people's relationship with food can really take over everything Mm. and when I first start working with a client I'll ask them if they think about their brain like a pie chart how much of their brain is consumed by food and body image thoughts Uh, and some of them will say like 90% of their Uh headspace and so it really when we work through it, it can free up so much space to work on things that are more important or that mean more to that individual relationships Mm. children going and eating out for with friends and socializing and not agonizing over the menu and worrying about what they're going to eat and then how they're going to cut back the next day so mm-hmm. it's freeing in so many different areas yeah. and it's amazing to watch clients as they work through this move on to pursuing other adventures and yes. dreams that they didn't have space for before oh so true yes absolutely it's mm. that's really one of the most exciting parts of the work that we do yeah is seeing people getting freedom um, yeah. you talk about freedom from food I talk about freedom from fear and you know developing that confidence so that they can take courageous action and just let more joy in mm. and like you say if your head's not full of all these other things yeah. you know it's just oh amazing yeah. um so i'm just going to ask you now because we've covered lots of stuff we talked about some mindset and we've talked about um support systems and how beneficial they are but i'm going to ask you to dig into your toolkit and share with the listeners if you would your best obviously only the best for you listeners um your best tool the one go to that when you um you know give that that opportunity to your clients to use or you bring it into your sessions really is it like a needle mover it really like gets things going for them i would say just a really simple one is to focus on what you can add into your diet rather than what you can take away oh i love that so that might be adding in I know a little bit more fiber into your diet through mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables and beans and pulses and lentils, but not focusing on, oh, I'm going to cut this out and I'm going to cut that out and oh, I'm going to yes. cut out sugar and do all this, but just being, yeah, focusing on what, what could be added in. Yeah. That's so brilliant. I simple. love that. Yeah. And I love the simple tools too. And, it, and so true because it does just linking back there to when you were talking about the not thing. It's one of the first things I remember when people explained um, neuro-linguistic programming to me. It's like, well, okay, don't think about pink elephants. And of course, all you think yes, about is pink exactly, elephants. So yeah. yeah, I love that. So what more can I have? Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. More. Just another thing that a lot of the time can stump people is just not having thought through the next 24 hours of Mm -hmm. food and that doesn't mean rigidly planning but just making sure there's food available to honor your hunger um, Mm. and just having thought it through before you're sort of dashing around trying to grab something last minute because you're Mm -hmm. starving hungry because let's face it our bodies are our ferraris Mm -hmm. so like you wouldn't put you know junk in a ferrari so you might as well Think through, like you say, where am I? Gonna, what's the next fuel stop? What am I going to exactly, put in it? Exactly. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much. I mm. really appreciate it. I have got one final question for you, but before we do that, please, can you tell the listeners? You know, do you have any special offers, or is there anything that they can do if they want to reach out to you? Yes. Yeah, so I'm quite active on Instagram mm-hmm. at Nude Nutrition RD. So N U D E. 
And I have a free audio guide, which is seven actionable steps Mm -hmm. and a workbook that people can start taking today to improve their own relationship with food. If any of this stuff has resonated with your listeners today. And I also have on my website a an hour long webinar to go into more depths as well. So loads yeah. of free stuff. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> That's really good. Thank you. Okay, so for my final question, um, if I was to give you a magic wand and offer you the opportunity to wave it, how would you like to see things in the world different in the next twelve months? Say, I would like to see this culture that we live in that puts such a high focus on body weight and body size Mm -hmm. over our health and well-being Mm -hmm. and to see that eradicated and for there to be equal opportunity for all body shapes and sizes to have equal access to medical treatment medical care uh, because all bodies are worthy regardless of what they look like Uh Um, and we have such a yeah a focus on um manipulating our body weight and body size to fit into a certain norm which creates all of these problems and you we can have health regardless of our size we can have access to health oh that's such a positive message i you know i really like that it really resonates with me and um thanks for that i I could go on and on and on Well, um, so you said to the listeners that they can catch up with you on uh, Instagram and you're on Twitter and Facebook. We'll put all those links Mm -hmm. in the um, show notes. So don't worry there, guys. But also, where can they see you in person? I have a practice which is predominantly on video call. Mm -hmm. So I see people on, on, yeah, on Uh there. But I also have a clinic at the consulting centre in Branksampool. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. People can see me in person oh, now. Fantastic. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you a bit more and to have your support for the show. And um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Any other questions I should have asked that I didn't ask? Um, I think we've 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 covered a few things for now. There's lots, there's lots I could say. Um, but as I said, if any of the stuff that I've said resonates with any of the listeners, then head to my Instagram and head to my website and there's a lot more information. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Catherine. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Wow. I hope you really enjoyed that. It was a fantastic episode with Kat. I'm really looking forward to exploring more with her as we work together through our mentor. And if there's anything that you guys wanted to know more about the mindset support or even those simple tools you can use then yes dive in listen to this episode today because Kat has got lots to tell you about the myths behind a food and our relationship with that thanks for listening if you have enjoyed today's show I would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and leave me a review And to show my appreciation, each month I will be randomly selecting one reviewer to win a free coaching call. Simply leave your review for a chance to win. How good is that? 